Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread, the podcast, bringing our content to you. I'm all it is, the extractor. Join with Doc, the point man, Cap, the forager, and Beware, the architect, also with Savage, the chemist. And today, we bring you episode 19, Boys in the Hood versus Inception, two movies that should infiltrate your minds with the power of cinema and extract our deepest emotions, bringing to the surface a understanding for two completely different stories. With Boys in the Hood, this might be a dream world to some, but for others, it's a reality that comes with struggles and hardships that some people still face every day. The movie Inception takes us out of our realities and brings us into the mind of Christopher Nolan, a progressive free thinker that often explores the future world that could come to be. But before we get into the matchup, let me give a special shout out to tonight's sponsor, Euro. Eero is a Wi-Fi router replacement system. If you're still dealing with lagging internet, especially with all these Zoom calls we're doing for work and virtual learning, the Euro is just what you need. Our thread member Savage has been using it for a few weeks now, and he quote unquote, loves it so much. And my Euro is being shipped to me as we speak. Fast, reliable Wi-Fi. No more dead spots, no more buffering. Find the Euro on Amazon today. Folks, it's time to get into the matchup. But not before we hear that intro music by Beware. Go! I can't help it. I love you. Forrest, you don't know what love is. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and debate. You're a bald-faced liar. A fucking liar. I mean, God forbid they should make a mistake and forget to steal. I will not apologize for what I want! Stop trying to control everything and just let go! I drink it up! Don't blame me! You like Huey Lewis on the news? Okay. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. Hold on to your butts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread Podcast, bringing our content to you, featuring all it is. Official old buddy. Who has been. Beware. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez. The Doc. You're the Doc, Doc. The Cap. If you you already know the answer to your questions, then why ask Big Fuck? And myself, Savage. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of them. Homework's in. Let's begin. Our thread member, Savage, had not seen Boys in the Hood before. Savage, you know we love you, but our phone group thread got on your case pretty hard when you insinuated that you didn't think that this movie was necessarily great. Now, not seeing Boys in the Hood around the time it came out might be a reason, but I did think this movie aged well and that the acting was good and great in parts. Also, they achieved all this with a pretty low budget. Savage, we're putting you on the spot. Talk about Boys in the Hood. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I kind of I feel like I, I went against one of my I, one of my cardinal rules uh, for the thread by even talking about a, um, a matchup beforehand. Just it was, I guess, more of like it, out of the need to make um, a kind of a, a joke that I thought was kind of funny about it more so than actually voice my opinion. I think there's a lot of good emotional reactions and responses. And that's kind of why we that's kind of like why we do this thing and why we why we have our thread. We like going to the hat. We like taking our audience the hat so you can get that real feedback from us. We like having a vote and some of these votes, not recently, but less, you know, some of the episodes in the middle really had some uh, tighter matchups where, you know, it was like three votes for one movie, two votes for the other one that came down to a rubber match at the end. 
I think we need, I, I think I, I need to not touch the third rail again. And I think we need to kind of keep it. And I'll be one of the voices of keeping it within the, um, actually in our thread as opposed to in our text message thread. Uh, because I don't, I don't think it does us any good because I think it kind of, we come into the episode now thinking that I'm going to pan this movie and you guys are going to have all your rebuttals to whatever you think I'm going to say. And I think it maybe isn't the best way to go about it. So last night, Doc and I, um, we actually put you under and we entered your brain and we, uh, we tried to give you the thought that <laughs> Boys in the Hood actually is a great movie, but that up and all of a sudden cap came running out and cap was strapped with guns and he shot me in the foot and it hurt and then beware came in and shot me in the head to wake me up so i didn't have to feel that pain but it wasn't worth it uh trying to make my friends think the same things i do i respect that uh we have to be able to have different different opinions he uh, was cap, a real charmer he was a real charmer it seems that uh, Savage may have uh, insinuated once again that you might have uh, shared the same opinion with him about this movie maybe not being great. Was Is that true? Or what were your thoughts about Boys in the Hood? Well, I would say that this this movie is one that, and I can't say this for very many movies, maybe, maybe Goonies and like Howard the Duck or something, stuff, stuff that brings it uh, back to my childhood. But you know, Boys in the Hood is a movie that I probably one of the first like serious traumatic movies I ever saw having older brothers and, you know, an older sister kind of seeing some movies that maybe not that I shouldn't have seen it, but like, I don't know, I was probably nine or 10 when I saw this movie for the first time. Yeah, it definitely it has that nostalgic effect on me. I think I, I think I remember saying to Savage before I watched Boys in the Hood that maybe maybe this is one that isn't one of the greatest movies. I don't not think that it should be on the list. I think that it's better than some of the movies that I think did make the list. Um, I definitely, after watching it, you know, it got me. <laughs> the movie got me um at the end and it it definitely wasn't i didn't have that feeling like i felt like i was watching it for the first time i know pretty much everything that happens there are definitely some scenes in that movie watching it with fresh eyes made me laugh and and some of them some of the lines that are in there i guess i'll save up for some for some quotables but there's some killer lines in this movie if I could say one bad thing, it's a big bad thing. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is not good or not great in this movie. I think he was a young, really ambitious actor who just kind of ate up roles and like certain, certain period, like it's, it's not like he did a horrible job, but like certain points of this movie, he's like way over the top. And it just seems like funny <laughs> at points. And I, I guess I'll, I'll get into more of that. Um, all that being said, I really enjoyed watching Boys in the Hood. And um, I don't really have a new appreciation for it. Um, I just sort of rekindled my affection for this movie. Beware, did you own this movie on DVD? Yeah, I definitely own this on VHS as well. We definitely watched this a lot growing up in high school. And it was definitely a movie because 
as a as a white kid growing up in suburbia being entranced with rap music and hip-hop and that was just went side by side with the culture the hip-hop culture i was watching this as soon as i found out about it basically and i really was kind of naive to most of it until watching it and um it's amazing how you know 20 years later it's still i'm still naive to some of the things and it's just it definitely resonates a million times more now and uh hits hits way harder way hard always hit hard all but it, it hit hard in obvious ways now it hits hard now every now every beat of that movie hits hard and you realize like wow there isn't a line wasted in the movie there is not any sort of um punches held they really are ahead of their time in so many ways because there's never there hadn't been a movie made like that quite yet and uh it kind of opened the door for you know hood movies if you will to be able to just kind of give you exactly what's going on in the inner city to two people like us that didn't really get that insight and so it just it hits it hit hard then it hits way harder now because you really understand the ramifications of it they're way more in our face than ever and um great movie well executed across the board and compared to inception it's 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 quite a different movie obviously but um you know they're both very detailed movies there you have to pay attention to both of the movies i think um inception you know definitely a bit more you know it's a little bit more gotta stick with it you know every second of it to really follow along and maybe rewind it a few times or it's not the case with boys boys but you know both of them in the weeds you gotta stick with them they resonate more the more you watch them yeah man i think this you know beware said it but this movie uh when speaking specifically about boys in the hood is as poignant as ever the themes um um still resonate really really heavily and deeply today and to kind of go off to what Beware was saying, this was a movie that I probably didn't see till maybe junior high, which just was eye-opening. And yeah, it's a movie, and yeah, it's dramatized a little bit, but man, it was kind of a, an education, you know. And even within the movie, it's a lot of a lot of preaching and a lot of you know a lot of knowledge being dropped by Furious, you know. And and it's all real. It's all it's it's a reality that I think we didn't. Um, we maybe didn't weren't exposed to, but it was necessary necessary for us to understand and kind of helped. I probably shape our worldviews and our approach towards things. You know, maybe that we don't fully understand, but it was it was impactful, not just for us, but I think this is a um, a generational movie, a movie that came out in 1991. Actually, interestingly, kind of predated uh, by just a couple of months the Rodney King beating in Los Angeles, which is crazy, wow. and you know, kind of helped was kind of the backdrop you know that with you know music from nwa and other happenings but the backdrop for the kind of la riots and kind of was part of that part of that piece part of that period in a movie like this had not been made before in hollywood and they had had you know the you know spike lee joint you know do the right thing on the east coast and this was kind of the west coast version of that where it was a um all black you know cast all black that cast in front of the camera behind the camera director john singleton is 23 years old in uh, wow. directing this movie um and we'll kind of talk more about that later but uh yeah just you know had a real great impact yeah the, the acting isn't great and I, I think i mentioned on the thread too i think that you know cuba is the perfect example of like there's like overacting you know but 
it, it is what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the one thing that actually kept throwing me off, and maybe, there's not a good point to bring this up, so I'll just bring it up now, but the, the background music, if it wasn't part of a, like a soundtrack or a hot, you know, track during that day, the background music was really corny. And that was distracting at times, but otherwise I felt like, you know, the, the acting and the moments and the emotion and the story and everything like definitely belongs on this thread and definitely belongs as a story to be told. Now contrasting that with like a movie that, you know, what's, you're facing reality in this movie. It's maybe a, a different reality than you used to, but it's a reality for majority of Americans um, compared to the, what we watched compared it against, which is Inception, which was an, you know, this kind of like alternate reality. This, you know, Boys in the Hood was very sobering, whereas Inception was more kind of disorienting. In Inception, if you get killed, you know, you wake up, whereas in Boys in the Hood, you get killed, you're just another statistic. And as uh, Doughboy said, you know, his, his brother didn't even make the news kind of thing. And it's just these stark contrasts um, in these types of movies. But I will say Inception, Sweet Amy and I watched it um, the other night and it was a fun ass ride, man. And the special effects are incredible. Like Beware mentioned, we had to you know, rewind it a couple of times to be like, wait, what's going on? And to keep track of what level we were on, but it was fun and it was a, it's a fun playground that Christopher Nolan kind of created to tell a story and a heist story. But overall, it's just a fun movie, and it's a different. If it's a very different take on any type of storytelling that I've ever seen before. Watching Inception, I um, I had the idea in my head to pick on it because you have heard through memes and other, you know, South Park and all these things we might get into that people kind of said like this movie is just confusing to be confusing. That being said, I think when you do let it digest and you actually just watch it for fun. Uh, I was having flashbacks of seeing it in the movie theater and just being so blown away by it because like, even if you don't know exactly what's going on, Christopher Nolan's going to do his thing and wow you. And it really does put you into a place where this movie belongs on our list. Even if it doesn't make any sense, I think we can make it make some sense. I think you can also pick it apart to kind of be a little loaded, if you will. Going into characters, I want to talk about the, how we're talking about the acting in Boys in the Hood not being great because one of my favorite actors and I think my favorite character for this week is going to be Ice Cube. And he was vulnerable in the beginning of this film. You could see that he was just learning how to act, if you will. And by the end of the movie, when his brother, uh, Ricky, dies, you see Ice Cube on the porch about to start a long-lasting career that he's going to have an impact on. And you can see him almost like contemplating that. Like, I get this acting thing now. Just like you write your first rap, each one you write after that is going to get better and better. And he uh, entered the acting world quickly and he never left. And he's still to this day, even though he's more of a family man, what a full transition he's made. But really, um, it is all about seeing the vulnerability in Ice Cube, but also like knowing him as like an idol or somebody we looked up to a rapper. And like, that was so cool. And, you know, Snoop Dogg has not done this, even though he's been in movies. This is like a solid, solid actor that's had many, many roles. And it all started from this movie right here. And that also, too, is probably one of my favorite scenes. I'll give a nod to the other one is when he actually is just his brother just died and he's just walking down the street in another day and uh, just trying to trying to pick himself up and um, just down on his luck and stuck in the same spot. And I felt that. So that's going to be my favorite character this week. And I don't want to give my favorite character Inception because I don't want to steal anybody's shine. If um, for some reason they don't get mentioned, I'm going to fall back on my Inception favorite character. I watched the movie yesterday and, 
you know, I guess maybe I could see it for the kids at the beginning, just because they're kids, you know, that's how that always comes across, you know, like, like I, I liked Cuba Gooding. He, he, his, his character come, Trey comes across as the guy, the outsider guy that everybody just digs. And you can kind of tell he's got, he's playing the relationships appropriately and people are leaning on him because they know that he carries a little bit more maturity with them. And I think that he, he doesn't necessarily over, he plays it. Um, That's his plays- character though. That's his character. His character is good. It's, and I'm not saying, I wasn't saying yeah, that all, sure. of the, all of the, like his bad acting throughout the movie, but there are parts and I can be more specific. Where I he can goes, what if I'm not like through, through his eyebrows, what if I'm not ready for all of that yet? And was, like yes. talking about having sex with his girlfriend. And I'm like, hmm, you know, is that intentional or is he just showing off his acting chops? Or is that like an 18 year old just being too dramatic? I doubt that they were like yeah. being intentional about that to the point where it was like almost funny. I think they were. I think he has to put on, I think it's kind of part of the, the character and who he has to be. He has to put on this, like, this... Um, it's this almost mic- like he's acting for his friends sometimes <laughs> in real life. Like, it's almost like he doesn't care that much or so, something. I, I don't know. So with Cuba, I'll agree that the scenes that I actually didn't like with him were the scenes with, was it Brandy, his girlfriend? I feel yeah, like that's where he was over. Like, the, especially the scenes, parts of where he's on the stairs and he's kind of getting all hit, like he's moving his head all around and kind of getting all like sassy with her. Those are the scenes I was like, I don't know. But then, like, you see him with like some. Really- I really want to get. I really. This is like what I'm most excited to talk about. <laughs> so if we can, if we can just kind of stay on this, and I'm sorry, there's a couple of parts that are really sticking out in my head that killed me. The so, part where his dad cuts his hair. Yes. And they have a conversation about the sex. And he, he just has this whole story <laughs> lined up to tell his dad with a whole fantasy that turns out not being true. One, that's really funny. Um, like his grandma smells the sex in the air. But his dad, before that, um, Lawrence Fishburne, him, he just stands up and it's weird. It's almost like they're flirting with each other because he like grabs him by, he's got his like tight white t-shirt on and his like slacks on with his shirt tucked in. His dad grabs him by like his belt buckle and like pulls him forward and smells him. Hey, you get some pussy yet? And he's just like, oh my God, it just killed me. No, no, no hey, the father-son so dynamic might be as good as any other great film. They, they, they're- <laughs> It's not that it was poorly done. It's just that it no. fucking made me laugh so hard. First of all, I would agree that like, I thought Ice Cube was great. Really great. Definitely got the look, man. He had the fucking, just the the whole look and the his whole attitude, the whole movie was uh, on point for me. Sorry, but sorry, beware, continue. Well, Furious, Furious Styles. Furious Styles great. is maybe the best named character of any movie for sure. <laughs> Uh, second of all, no, I do think Trey is one of the best characters, and I just think he's a good influence on his friends. I like how that comes across. I like how it's, you know, he, he's got his own unique lane and niche in the neighborhood, and people know him and respect him, and yet he's still, you know, even though sometimes he's an outsider, especially right at the beginning, he goes up and he gives everybody daps. He's, 
he's really respectful of everybody and, and, and it's a two way street. And I just think that's cool. I really like the scene too, where he, after he gets pulled over by the cops uh, for the second time as the adult and they got the cop, the uncle Tom cop puts the gun up to his head and, you know, basically threatens him, gets his rocks off because of it, you know, super pertinent. Yeah, another another reality too that we can't even like touch up. We can't talk, speak on it even. Like we don't know shit. Powerful though, and that the fact that we really can't even uh, understand it at all. The fact that he still comes in and just nails that performance. The shadow boxing. That's the one that you know. While the 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 relationship scenes with him are definitely off, and you know he can't get laid as a result of it, right? And ironically enough, when it's when he's pure and when he's not bullshitting, in my opinion, kind of stealing the movie with that scene. And he finally ends up getting play after, you know, putting all these shenanigans up, walking away from the girl at the picnic, doing all this BS, lying to his dad, making these stories up. But in all reality, he just needs to be himself the whole time. And that's pretty what good. makes pretty good sex so. scene too. You got to say sex scenes sometimes in movies, they were like, honestly, like every movie had to have a sex scene for a while. They kind of broke that rule. I thought it was pretty good sex scene. I, I agreed. I agreed. It was well done. I was actually kind of surprised. I was like, these kids are in high school. This is odd. There's a little tit going on, but. Hey, Ben, what did you think about Teenage Tit? Did you have a problem with it this time? Or... Uh, this, this, was, <laughs> this was genuine. This was consensual. Appropriate. Very consensual, Cap. Creep. It wasn't driven by a creep, but beyond that. Um, right. You know, I just, I like Trey and I, I guess I will put him as my favorite character of all the movies because I think he was the one that stood out to me the most and then maybe the character that I thought about the most, even if he did have a, a few, um, you know, hiccups along the way, I, I suppose, because I do see what you're saying. I want to spend a little bit more time talking about Boys in the Hood. Um, honestly, like I, so I loved obviously Doughboy, his acting performance, you know, he jumped off the screen in terms of kind of his acting and his persona and his presence is palpable cuba like i think he his his acting is uh variable based on his scenes like i actually love one of my favorite scenes with cuba is cuba cuba when he's on the um couch on the phone talking to his girlfriend he's kind of he's you can tell he's acting like really young and he's i don't know i don't want to pass message you know i don't know i love that performance for some reason no no just wait hang on i got another call who this? Oh, hi, mama. Who this? What kind of way is that to answer the phone? I'm sorry, mama. Let me speak to your daddy. Pop! Telephone! Who this? Hey. Hey, how you doing? That stood out to me, too, yeah. because he's like, in his sweatpants and yeah. he's like ho like hornily like shifting around <laughs> yeah. the couch yeah so you're gonna give me the skins or what yeah yeah um so i love that but i will have to say so this is like a coming of age you know movie for trey and he is kind of the main character but within this in this um in this story his 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 dad furious man is like the sage kind of with the wisdom and dropping the knowledge and the good influence and um to me he was my favorite character um and i thought that you know or as, as as he's billed in the movie larry fishburn um i don't know if you guys caught that which i love that um 
But uh, like that role to me is pivotal in this movie. Um, so John Singleton is kind of talks about this movie and talks about what he was trying to portray. And basically he talks about how there's a whole generation of black men that don't respect themselves, uh, which makes it hard for them to kind of, or which makes it easy for them to shoot each other. And this, this is probably because, you know, they don't have father figures and they're looking for their manhood. And so like, this is having this Lawrence Fishburne character, this dad, this kind of steady figure, this guy who's teaching his son responsibilities, this guy who has a steady job is like, is this kind of presence in this, in this, in Trey's life that Trey needs to kind of help you know, get shaped and to see kind of the right path that he needs to go down and kind of, you know, what, what his options are and how to do that. And when faced with situations, critical situations where you're kind of at that fork in the road. And if you're going to go right, that means you're likely going to go down and lead a life this way. And if you go left, you're going to lead a life this way. And his, his father's there to kind of help coach him, you know, through those situations and help kind of help him make the right decisions. What about that uh, billboard scene, Doc? We got like, that's, uh, that's pretty profound scene right there where he really is teaching not only his son, the whole youth and the whole neighborhood, the whole community, right? That's uh, pretty profound. Honestly, that that blew my mind is uh, uh, when I, I remember watching that and being like, what? You know, not getting that at all, you know, initial couple times, but like watching it recently. And I actually watched this movie twice, uh, this this uh, rotation um, and that whole scene about gentrification and like is mind blowing and it's still true today. But it was like he's dropping knowledge and it's just so good. And so, so I got I to gotta go with uh, Lawrence Fishburne or Furious Styles. Um, Larry. One of the things, Larry, one of the things too that I want to mention is, uh, so it's crazy how he got the part for this role. So <clears throat> John Singleton worked as a security guard when he was 19 years old on the set of Pee Wee's Playhouse. And that's how he met Lawrence Fishburne. The, what was he, Will? The, uh, Cowboy, Cowboy Curtis. Right. And that's how we met him. And as a security guard, we always talk to Lawrence Fishburne saying, hey, I'm going to write a movie, you know, movie script one day and I'm going to put you in it. And so, you know, fast forward, really, it's not even, it's only four years later because, you know, he's 23 years old, you know, we put it together, um, but, you know, made good on that promise. And I thought Lawrence Fishburne nailed this role and uh, was play played it perfectly. Yeah. So we have a, a sweep so far with uh, best characters being from Boys in the Hood, uh, me, Beware, and Doc. Um, let's go to Cap. Uh, Cap, who was your favorite character? I can't really pick a different character just for the sake of picking somebody different. I think uh, Doughboy is my favorite character. You know, like I said, Ice Cube did a great job uh, performance-wise, and I think they did a great job uh, with his look. What fascinates me most about his character is his relationship with his brother and his mother. Um, you see right from the beginning. Oh, and I thought the kid at Doughboy was really good too. I just said he that. was great. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you did that too. I love that he um, went up for him with the football and just willingly got his ass kicked. Even and though I, yeah, favorite. And I, you know, she might be your wife, but I stick my dangling in her every night. So <laughs> that makes her mine. I've used that argument <laughs> since I was 11 years old. <laughs> um, Damn. So some good, some good quotes. I think that. I think I almost want to, I almost feel like he is, it's like, yeah, Cuba Gooding's the big name actor in that movie, but it's like, he, to me, is the star of the movie because he goes through the most hardship. Um, 
his character and his mother, I feel like he sort of develops, you can kind of see his hostility just towards women in general, um, even if it is, you know, joking, but like he's always just kind of saying, kind of writing off women um, when he's talking to his friends, you know, on the porch when they're talking about where to meet women and like meeting women at school or church or this or that. But I just think it's kind of like, his character kind of breaks my heart just because he's like this tough, funny, logical person, accepts and understands his, his the fact that he's not the favorite to a certain extent, but I think it it's like really deep down it like it's the sadness that he carries around but you can tell that like you know he loves his brother and his friends more than anything he just you just see his character sort of like maybe just get jealous you know it's like you're seeing his brother like going off and doing great things and he's worked his whole life and so hard and like what about the contrast though of uh of him having the street smarts and and having some knowledge that his brother needs and ricky having the 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 goal the ticket being you know that he's good at sports and stuff like that exactly it's like he's protector and they both they both are the good son um it's just the way it's portrayed is very honest and i'm sure uh, you know it's it's a it's a wonderful wonderful choice for a character just because it does he does have a great contrast to what is actually being explained here no mm-hmm. son was better ricky's uh, a dumbass ricky's yeah. a dumbass and yeah. doughboy kind of like a genius and yeah. it works against both of them I'd, I'd like to hear if somebody has you know if maybe savage has a, a favorite character from inception yeah, so I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I can wax poetic about the pluses and minuses for both these movies. And I don't know if it would necessarily fit within um, the confines of like what we're talking about specifically as far as like the categories. So if I want to talk about like my favorite character, um, it's going to, because I don't, I, I don't really love any of the characters from um, that, that, that haven't been said before. I feel like uh, I could probably say Furious Styles, but I feel like that's, that's kind of would be doing it. And anytime I can spit some, Pee-wee's Playhouse knowledge. It's a it's a pretty good day for me, um, but but I my favorite character is going to be the special effects from from Inception. I, I I don't I don't think you have Inception without that um, without that the what character I, of I feel, the Dream World. I, I'll let you I get away. Said that if I would have thought of it, we've th- we've yeah. mentioned it. We've always mentioned other characters. Uh, Beware said uh, the, the New, New York. York was a character in Taxi Driver. I, I like that, Savage. So yeah, I, I just, I feel like, um, I feel like you, you have just maybe a, a, a confusing, less visually appealing movie if you if you don't have those those VFX. So, Without this character and special effects, this movie's not good. It's right, right, it's not. It's like straight up a not good movie. I well, would you almost, and you, my need opinion. This, you, need, you need the audience to buy into the special effects, to mm-hmm. buy into the, the wildness of what the you're story. watching. Yeah. I mean, the city folding in on itself, I, I don't know if there's a cooler that's effect. Cool. I, I don't know if, I, I mean, like that's that's when I think of the movie, that's, I think of the chair thing and I think of the city folding. And, and um, when I, I think mean, of like, like big awesome grandiose book. things like that, I think about Interstellar and that giant wave mm-hmm. on that other planet, things oh, like yeah. that. It's oh, yeah. like, I think Savage well. is yelling at us from limbo right now with his new Eero. His internet is just <laughs> blasting and he's screaming at us with his new headset and he's trying to get out of limbo. He's trying Inception just by blasting the ideas. <laughs> Would you guys be down with a, a little limbo trip? Um, You know, five, uh, 
you know, what is what would it be like? Uh, ten out, fifteen hours in the dream world for a fifty uh, fifty year guy trip. Guys, guys down home. with that? That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. We could do can that. We, can we do it? Fifty years, come back. I would. My mind would turn into scrambled eggs. And that would become my reality. All right. Yeah. Well, true. We Adam to- and I, Adam and I, would be uh, standing on some window ledges, perhaps uh, <laughs> buildings across from each other. Dropping yeah. my, dropping my shoe. Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, it's real quick about the, the special effects. So, what's awesome about the visual effects in Inception? Most of them are these, like, so the Penrose, Penrose stairs, the rotating hallway the uh, mountain avalanche, the zero gravity sequences are done with practical effects. So very little computer an- like animated. Um, and so that's really impressive. And I think that also helps to sell the reality or the feeling of it. Um, it especially this was 10 years ago or over, yeah, about 10 years ago. Yeah, 2010. For effects, man. And I don't just um, like silo special effects into like being like CGI also. So like, I feel like having a look and having like just the look and feel of like the visual nature of that movie, maybe maybe more so than like, just liking the special effects. Cause that movie looks super cool. Like it was, the, 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 the music was super cool too in the theater. Oh yeah, it's if loud. That's a loud it's movie. It's like fucking loud. Yeah. Well, it, it's Zimmerman again though, but there is a song that he's scoring from. It's a old compo- uh old french song by edith Piaf. that's is that the song that they bring as the signal to before they bring them back yes it's yeah. a, and it's a long song and it goes i guess it goes the length of the movie it's a very like the whole the the song is a long composition or something like yeah that. and hans hans zimmer hans zimmer wrote uh, um like but yeah he used that as kind of like the foundation for the score of the movie so so it was i think the actual score of the movie is that like pitched down and slowed down so it, it's it's the it's that yeah, melody, that's, that's but it's just cool. so it's it's kind of a um, he definitely pulls it off of, of that song. And it seems like this is like Christopher Christopher Nolan's ode to a lot of movies that he liked, and he's telling a story that doesn't have to make sense because it's a it's an ode to cinema, if you will, too, and um, the things you can do, and about how like they say being in watching a movie is honestly the closest thing we have to experiencing a dream. Uh, we'd have to confirm facts with Doc, but like this is this is discussed and talked about that the the way our the, our brain activities um, when we watch a movie is very much like a dream state, and Christopher Nolan was very aware of that, and he played off that. He wanted to make us feel like we're in a dream. Um, Interesting. Got we got to move into talking about scenes, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot from both movies to talk about. Inception having that special effect character in those scenes most likely would be the case, but also. Um, Man, we didn't talk about Tom Hardy yet in uh, Eames. Tom tell Hardy's me, character Eames. Tell me why you like that character so much. Because it's almost, I almost feel like it, that kind of gets by me a little bit. It's almost like I feel like his character was smaller than Joseph Gordon Levitt's. That, that's a very good you know, point. You know, the other, uh, the other uh, uh, co or co stars. Well, Cap, I know he's one of your favorite actors. And yeah, I just feel for like. Sure. <laughs> He stood tall, kind of played his part with mannerisms, very slow. He's also a part of some very good um, special or dope action scenes where he's on the skis shooting backwards. The way he talked, I really thought he showed that he should be the next James Bond. Um, That's who he has full capability of doing that. And I really like him. He's in front of Leo. He's in front of all these, you know, bigger actors. And he kind of like plays modestly. uh, He's strong. He's strong. Tom Hardy is the next James Bond is actually a pretty good... uh... I just wanted to call. give you that nod before I go to scenes and 
I, I have a favorite scene in Inception, but it, it's the most typical scene. And I don't think anybody's necessarily going to say it. So I'm just going to say the, the hotel scene is sweet. They're tilting. Yeah. We're, we're all over the place. That if you, it's, it's fucking awesome. If you're not enjoying that, then you're not like enjoying Inception. But I'm going to go to, from my favorite scene of both movies, Boys in the Hood and RIP, man, when Ricky dies and they bring him back to the house, man, that you know we've we've come off of a lot of gut-wrenching heartfelt scenes mystic river a lot of things that really hit the hit the soft spots in you and unfathomably too like you just can't comprehend it um the little baby crying in that scene when ricky's dead bleeding on the couch and his girlfriend that comes in and just gives out a scream and if that, that ain't scream fucking, was uh man amazing blood curdling uh, the, that that scene is excellent the reaction from the mom Oh my God! And how she how she takes it out on Doughboy. Oh my God! Right there. How bad? How bad would you feel? He was like just finally like she was hugging him, and I think that like you see that that feels good for him, that he's able at least trying to like console his mother, and he sees it as an opportunity to like maybe almost maybe I think he's just starved for affection from his mom, and and he goes to give her a hug, and then she realizes that they got into this fight. Um, so she starts hitting them and saying it was him. It's like, oh, that hurts so bad. Man, there's some psychology that doesn't get discussed. It's up for interpretation. In this I movie. think so too. Yeah, that's very. Deep. So what does he? You know, what does he do? Is he takes that anger and just goes and seeks vengeance like immediately? You know, yeah. which is not uncharacteristic of him because we see him being the protector, like we talked about earlier. So it makes right. sense. like it all just wraps together perfectly. Um, so uh, I want to say about that scene and, and about Boys in the Hood in general, Boys in the Hood, and I know you guys noticed this, but like there's a constant background noise, uh, whether it's yeah, helicopters, yeah. police sirens, babies crying. Um, hold on, I made a list of all the things. But they're hey, dogs zooming bar- in on the stop sign. They, yeah. All those noises. Yeah. Dogs barking, gunshots, bass from cars, cars squealing. So the fact that we're kind of, that they play, that's basically throughout the movie. And it's supposed to make you kind of feel uncomfortable and like I'm on high alert. But the fact that that's, you can still come to that scene that we're talking about now and they're screaming and crying and like, and that have that still have that impact after you've kind of just been inundated with all this kind of noise and habituated to all that noise to still have it have that level of emotional impact and the sound and the scenes is, is incredible. Like it, it, it like it, it, it transcends or ascends beyond even the annoyance, annoying sounds that we've already been hearing throughout the, the movie. And it's uh, it's, it's really powerful really powerful the whole point too where Doughboy comes in give me the baby he doesn't need to see this like that kills me man can I say one thing about I agree with everything that's been said and it's that fucking got me so hard too when I was watching it as it typically does but Ricky what the fuck are you doing taking a piss bro what are you doing Take it seriously. Everybody's taking it seriously. And I think that's kind of- have the street smarts, man. And you always, yeah. always need a doughboy to look out after him. But I'll go off just because we're kind of talking about the doughboy, Ricky kind of like dynamic. One of my favorite scenes, and it kind of got brought up earlier, but is that when they're kids, and again, it kind of shows this protector role that he had. I told you not to bring that ball, man. You know, Ricky brings the ball, football, throwing it around and gets it kind of taken by the, the older kids. And- the you know seeing him try to fight this guy that's much bigger and much more of a badass than he is 
get his ass kicked, but the fact that he's willing to do that, you know, in that protector role. And then, you know, the scene, like this crushed me and just thinking about it, where it's the big dude with the ball, but obviously this guy is more, you know, more in touch with his kind of like, come on, man, he could give a little guy's ball back, you know, kind of like. Yo, Rock, give me the ball. Give me the fucking ball. Hey. Hey, little man. Catch. And you see that you see Ricky looking back at that look man, on his face after all of them are walking away. And like that, man, it's just you, I've, I feel like I've been there as a kid. I feel like everybody's been there as a kid. Like, oh man, like and then and then Doughboy says, he doesn't want your ball, man. His his daddy gave him that ball. And then it's like, oh, kind of, you know, even more, you kind of realize how important that is to him. Hey, another and then, Ricky yeah. regret is why didn't he catch that pass? Yes. Is that a sign for the, what's to come? Why didn't he catch that pass? That's why he's a running back. Oh shit! Yeah. But that's one of my favorite scenes, and I got a couple more, but I, I don't want to steal anybody's. There's a handful that I could also bring up, and you know, this is such—I wouldn't even have thought this would have been it, but this scene just felt so, so pure and so—I don't know, man. But when Furious and Trey are sitting on after, after that scene, after the football scene that we were just talking about with the kids. They go back and Trey goes and he's skipping stones on the water yes. with his dad. And they're just talking about sex and he's having like parental lessons. It's just father and son time giving lessons. And they're just joking. They're having like really pure, genuine time. And then he comes back and then they're after the scene. He's going back and uh, uh, child comes on the radio and they're singing. I love this song. I love this song. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, listen to this song. I love this song. And then it just overlays as you see Doughboy getting arrested because he doesn't have parents. Or he doesn't have a dad. It just has his mom. And his mom can't handle these kids. And, um, you know, especially him, obviously. And... And, you know, he says, he's, I'm going to get food regardless. You know, he's planning on stealing. Like, he doesn't even care. And and Trey's just has the dad to be able to keep him in check. And that obviously resonates throughout the whole movie. But got to talk about the three rules that uh, to be a man. What is it? Always look a person in the eye. Never be afraid to ask for anything. Stealing is not necessary. Number three. Last one is never respect someone who doesn't respect you back. How about that? Yeah, amen. Amen. Honestly, that just especially the third one. I um I just really love those scenes. I just think that they mean a lot and they 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 go out of their way. The the movie in general, Boys in the Hood, I can see where people would say it's a little too on the on the nose, as I believe the term goes. Like it's it's very straightforward and very forthcoming and it's meant to be, you know what I, I mean? I think if any movie, yeah, if anything is necessarily on the nose, it's a movie like that because I think on the nose reaches more people, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they very blatantly start the movie with stop. Like, like uh, it's so obvious. It couldn't be more obvious. And at the end of the movie, it's increase the peace. Like, like it's obvious to be obvious. And I, it seems like that, you know, feel like back in the day, I feel like when I watched it, as an 18 year old, I was like, this seems kind of cheesy, you know, 
but like it's not cheesy at all and it's just it, it meant a lot watching i don't think that stop sign i think it was just random i don't think that had any meaning to it <laughs> Yeah, cries wolf, baby. Just before we pass it to Cat for his favorite scene, we have to attach a quotable to Beware's favorite scene. What do you know about sex? I know a little bit. Oh yeah, what little bit is that? I know. I take a girl, stick my thing in it, and nine months later, a baby comes out. <laughs> you think that's it? Basically, Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll dub that in. I love that. Uh, well, but the, the best, one of my favorites is right after that, what he says. He goes, anybody can make a baby, but it takes a real man to raise a child. Mm, church. All right, Cap. Hit it's, us with your favorite uh, scene. Any fool with a dick. Can okay, thank you. Baby, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's an important correction. Mm -hmm. So, okay, scenes. Um, I'll just real quick, uh, Savage brought up the scene where the, the, the city folds in on itself. I just think the whole scene where she goes into having her first dreaming experience uh, is pretty awesome because it almost reminded me of the first time Morpheus takes Neo into the Matrix and they're kind of in the training program. It's experiment so for the viewer that's really satisfying hey so just like, so you know cap christopher nolan loves that movie and he was paying uh, respect to that movie in lots of parts in inception from what my research uh he really oh that's interesting i never yeah, knew that an ode to film i said yeah uh, keep on going cap uh in inception i get a little burnt out on the storyline throughout the movie but like yeah like savage said the character of the special effects really kind of keeps you in it so there's other cooler parts, I guess, but um, I guess they kind of try to blow your mind a little bit with that scene. I, I'd like to point out a favorite scene from Boys in the Hood. I think that the whole scene where they're sitting on the porch talking about women and where to meet women while, while Ricky's having his interview, I think is an important scene because I think it's like, you know, this professional person comes into their neighborhood at night and is trying to find their house and they kind of like talk about wanting a scholarship too as he's passing by and Doughboy is pretty adamant about leave this guy alone he's here he's a professional person he's not here to talk to you but then that gets in this whole conversation talking about like where to meet women and I just think that that scene is uh funny and just kind of telling of like each of those characters those smaller characters you know i can't remember their names the guy in the wheelchair and the guy that little chris the guy look the guy that thinks he's gonna get gonna get aids from letting him suck on his dick uh so yeah but like the the, the more, more importantly i think that the scene taking place uh with ricky um and the uh, the recruiter is good and interesting, and I think that it was kind of a little bit of a reality check. And we for him. one point, the the scene about AIDS is is not thought of if how profound that is just because it's kind of brushed over. But how important that was to like be able to ask your friends things, and you know a topic that's a serious thing, a life killer, you know, and like and not knowing something. So he got bullied in a way, but also got learned the lesson of like, Doug, you you know, you got to be careful, but like was kind of shunned and it was an embarrassing thing. Uh, 
It's a, it's a crazy topic. Probably something that went over all of our heads the first yeah, time we watched. That's it. a great point, man. I actually didn't think of that. Like in what is kind of a throwaway line where you think it's just a, another way to kind of dog on somebody and, you know, have a laugh. Like you're right. Like there, this is actually probably dropping knowledge to, to all people that might be watching this movie of like, Oh shit, you can get AIDS. It's not just through that. Like, and making it like real. And it is again, educating people and it, and it's a throwaway line almost. Yeah, I kind of wanted to touch on what Beware was talking about too with about Boys in the Hood being too on the nose. Um, I think that that probably is the case just because I think this movie is probably one of the first movies of this kind of storytelling showing like this segment of America and everything that's come after it seems kind of like derivative of that like we we wouldn't have had like menace to society or juice or or the, or the wire or training day or or a lot of other movies and, and and pop culture references without having this movie and i feel like it, it probably is too on the nose because it was it was like kind of like the start the genesis of this kind of like talk and this kind of like showing uh, and, and it kind of goes it goes really strongly with my one of my favorite scenes too just because I, I i can almost guarantee i didn't look this up or anything but i can almost guarantee the word gentrification had never been used before this movie in film at least in, in a pop cultural reference um and, and, and it seems like like for what is it 91 like to, for, for that, that, that that's been a topic i mean that's going on like 30 years at least where it's been brought to like the public consciousness um i think it, i think it's pretty important and i really do like that scene not only for what the scene represents and like discussing and 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 not i don't want to say lecturing or soapboxing what gentrification is to the the townsfolk that are kind of like wandering by um but just like the, I, it's a cool scene to like to have him actually Kind of explain something drop some little knowledge nuggets um to some of the folks and they and, and found I, man the word that keeps you coming to my hands come on why y'all take a look at that sign up there see what it says cash for your home you know what that is it's Bill Bill what are y'all amos and andy are you step in and he's fetching? I'm talking about the message, what it stands for. It's called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. They bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything black. Black owned with black money, just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing we, down the property. Can we touch value. on one point? It's uh, these folks. Real quick, while I'm thinking of it, um, let's talk about how much uh, Trey's mom came up in seven years when they show her in her fucking apartment. Hey, you she guys notice that? Yeah, yeah, you man. notice how awesome her apartment is? It's like a high rise and it's huge, super dope, and like it's like interior decorated and shit. And like the chairs that she had in the background are uh they're called like Wassily chairs mm -hmm. and they're really expensive, they're really high-end. Uh and basically it's like a status thing, and so like it's it was personally put in there mm -hmm. and yeah, like she's doing great. She got her masters. 
can we also say that's like peak Angela Bassett, like dime piece? Mm. piece. Question, quick question. The top, does it fall at the end or what? To me, it looked like it was tabling a little bit at the end. I think he's good. That's the ultimate question. Um, It really is. I think it's too, is the whole thing. It's a, this is a classic ode to film, classic ending where you're frustrated. It's up to the viewer. Not often is it up to the viewer to decide what happens. So we could take a vote on it if you think that it topples or doesn't. I, I'm, a, I'm pro topple. I think it toppled. Pro topple. Yeah. Pro top. Bad top. Pro top. I don't care. So I'm not casting a vote. <laughs> so Chris Nolan is on record saying that, yes, it, it toppled. But the, one of the reasons that they cut away, too, is to show that Leo isn't, or that it, doc, he doesn't care or whatever. He doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. Right on. And he's exactly. Let's, also don't well, care. That's uh oh cap. <laughs> By the end of that movie, I don't All right, care let's do some... it's a dream or not. Well, it may, it's a dream within a dream within a dream. Speaking of dreams, something that I like another quick fact about this movie is that the first letters of the main characters' names, Dom, Robert, Eames, Arthur, Maul, and Saito. Dreams. I've seen that. If you do go watch the videos like Inception Explained and all that, they're really they're really insightful. You can really get a lot out of it. Like he is clearly doing a lot more than just special effect tricks. He's doing what all great directors do, some Stanley Kubrick-esque shit, if you will. But let's do some co- quotables. And I'm sure, um, you know, I'm going to skip one because all I got to say is listen to that intro music by Beware at the beginning and end of the show and you get uh, a great one by Ice Cube. Best, before we move out of scenes, can we actually talk about the scene with where that quote comes from? Basically, that whole that whole scene, the whole dialogue where it's after Doughboy, you know, and his crew kind of tracked down. It's actually where Trey makes the decision to kind of get out of the car, you know, let me out. Um, and they get them and, and it's the morning after. It's super early and Doughboy even alludes to that saying, I've been up this early. But, um, you know, it's right after he, it's like the most sober we see Doughboy. Like throughout the movie, Doughboy's pretty loose, um, pretty gangster, kind of just living that life. And this is the moment where you see him. He's he's lacking sleep. He's kind of self-reflecting, um, and he's kind of opening up to Trey, not in front. And this is probably the first time we see Doughboy not in front of all of his boys too. So he's kind of more open and kind of breaking it down. But there's parts in that that scene that are really kind of touching, where he says like, "I ain't got no brother no more." And there's like a pause. And he just got oh. no mother either. And 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 kind of they talk about like you know he says, "Did you get them all?" And he said, "I don't even know how I feel about it neither." Next thing you know, someone might try to smoke me. And he says, you know, sounds like that seems like they punched the wrong clock on Rick, though. Um, and then kind of they get up and it's a, kind of a weird, awkward ending. You know, he's about to walk back over to his house and Cuba gets up or uh, uh, Trey gets up and says, hey, you still got one brother left, man. You know, and I don't know, like that's it's I like that they have that in there. I like that it's the focus wasn't this build up to this killing or this hunting down and that sort of thing. It was this kind of reflection afterwards and where like, yeah, we killed these guys. We revenged the death, but did we like, what do we, you know, like there's no, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel any different. I still feel whatever. And that's again, one of the major themes of the movie of like, you know, reject violence, resist revenge and and go to school. Basically that early morning scene actually reminded me of, mystic river at the end where you know it's like early morning they're drinking one of them's drinking and they're talking about like somebody died the day before (laughs) it's like 
it's like an early morning thing where you're having this philosophical conversation at the end of the movie. Yeah. Can I can I make a point to the it's a that's also a callback to a beginning in the movie because there's a scene where first of all, shout out Regina King. Regina King's excellent in this movie as like kind of like the tomboy girl that doesn't give a fuck in the in the in the girl crew and and just she's pounding 40s she's riding shotgun with everybody she's better take your ass to the stove with that (laughs) (laughs) but she's great but she says a line in an earlier movie she says like at the barbecue which is an excellent scene she says something along the lines of you know they all try to be brothers they all think they're brothers and it's kind of like she doesn't take that seriously and like it's it the story lets you see why she says that and why that's actually a true thing it's because for certain people they don't have anything else besides these faux brothers you know they they have a brother but then you know the next day they don't so it's like they have to create these bonds with these these you know the people across the street if you will I think the worst thing about about boys in the hood and what I could have done without is the the write-up about what happened to the characters at the end. I thought that was just in poor taste. Like, would you have preferred it? And I open honestly ask, like, would you have preferred it if, like, you just kind of assumed those were the things that happened? Because absolutely. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. The music. Happened. The music is is coming in. We know that the dream. We are about to wake up from the dream. Uh, did I just dream that whole episode? <laughs> I what were we say, just but, talking about? Sorry. The, the end scene. And I will say like about maybe how corny or maybe unnecessary, like that kind of like, here's what happens, you know, after. I just think it's like a 23 year old director making a mistake. So. Sure, sure. And so the, the reason he did that actually, that's again, paying homage to uh, one of uh, John Singleton's favorite movies was uh, Stand By Me. There's a couple I of- thought that, man. I was yeah. thinking that this movie seemed a lot like a lot of things kind of remind i probably screamed that when i said that initially i apologize but i feel like scared me i feel like um with having the want to see a dead body thing too um like and i was thinking that kind of like the whole time i was just thinking that just now and then when you're saying like the end scene about like what develops after the movie's over yeah um that's interesting i I'm, i'm glad you brought that up so that's where it comes from part of it but to beware's point i think that helps to solidify the themes of the movie. Like, sure. So I was going to save this for the conclusion, but I feel like there's three paths that this movie kind of is laying out that one can go down. One is like, you can be the the talented athletic entertainer to kind of, you know, get out the hood or kind of be successful. You can uh, stick to the street and, you know, kind of go that live that by the gun, die by the gun type of thing, or you can get educated, you know, and you can work hard. And you can, you know, uh, uh, challenge yourself and, you know, to get out that. And, and I, or just be like a positive influence in yes, your community, yes. like, like Lawrence like, Fishburne, you know, like, it's like he didn't move out of the hood. Yep. He didn't move. So I feel like so, those ends kind of things kind of solidify one, the kind of live by the gun, die by the gun. And then it also solidifies the education kind of aspect. of the. You're movie. right. It does. It does drive that point home and it, and it, it was it's not surprising to see it at the end i just whenever i see that i'm like nah. watch well, let's toss around some quotables who's got some quotables from these movies i am from africa i'm from crenshaw mafia the african booty scratcher <laughs> oh yeah your daddy mean he works in the boogeyman 
He got you doing all these leaves. Who do you think you is? Kuta Kente? Hilarious. Hey, this hey, this fool got more comic books than a motherfucker. <laughs> hey, are we naming all the same kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say one of my favorite that I'll probably that I'll probably use is uh uh Furious. How you doing? I'm living. That's enough for me. Oh man, hey, I have one that I'm definitely gonna use too is you know, Trey, you know you're a prince, right? You're a prince, and I'm the king. The king says, go and clean your room or whatever. I love that. It's like giving Man, him why does Beware's Lawrence Fishburne uh, impersonation sound spot on, dude? Like, well, you got that You got that monotone voice for it. Dang, God. This is Doughboy, adult Doughboy. Let me knock the stuffing off that Egg McMuffin. That killed me. From I think Doughboy calls some, I think Doughboy's walking out of the house and he's calling some folks on the porch saying, um, Calling up you tech mobile playing motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We've literally just named all a bunch of quotes from you know, we're realizing this movie is great, man. Yeah. This is what there is no doubt that this is what makes movies great. So many quotables, so many things. Can, dude, can we give Inception any light on quotables? I'll come back for you. Yeah, the only one that I have. Oh good night. I'll come back Good for you. Night. I promise. To be here. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Are you okay, man? Like, I think what is that? Is that like the most friendship thing? You all right, man? I do have a quote, uh, which is uh, perfectly appropriate, actually. Wait, so whose subconscious are we breaking into? I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wait a second. Know, beware. Uh, that's Ellen Page. Ellen Page, uh, her character, Adriana or whatever, only asks questions the whole movie. The whole that's movie. All she does. She, all she does is ask questions. Are you sure this is a good idea? Who are the people? Projections of my subconscious. Yours? Yes. Remember, you are the dreamer. You build this world. How else do you do it? By creating something secure like a, like a bank vault or a jail. The mind automatically fills it with information it's trying to protect. Understand? Then you so what you're your saying room. is... Oh, man, the architect, Alan Page. Did you tell them about how you're... Yeah, Adam, you and I were just saying the same thing, basically. <laughs> it is kind of corny, too, man. If hey, we talked about corniness with Boys in the Hood, but there's corniness in Inception, too, man. This is a this is a great battle, actually, isn't it? Inception, the dialogue is only dry. I don't want to say driving, but the dialogue's purpose is to help explain what the fuck's going on. Like it's that, like a narration. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a character. My favorite character tonight is the explanation. I really like the explanation. I thought he was profound. Hey, since we are bringing characters back, I do want to give a shout out to one more character. Sorry. Hey, fucking Tom Berenger as Browning took me by surprise. I did not know Berenger was in this movie. I forgot about that. And I love, I'm a big Tom Berenger fan, the, the word man. And hey, he, he was, he was, awesome in this role just kind of the, oh, oh, i don't know and you know just kind of played that part to a t i loved it you must be a good looking guy <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having that on deck i appreciate that i, I regret not seeing that movie in the theater for the first time i only oh, yeah, saw Dave. that at home and that that was a kind of a that was a dumb move a nolan uh a nolan you have really to go bad. to every nolan really film dumb. have to yeah from here on out that's that's the rule so um i don't, don't know see man Tenet. not good movie yeah we've said that i don't you know yeah I is agree. it straight up not is, good is that really what we're saying is that what people 
it's right. not good in the way that I think Inception folks, was folks, good. folks, what we're going to do know? is we're going to have the rest of our thread members watch it. And we're going to have a tenant episode because we love Chris down Mom. for that coming soon. Uh, we're going to have a tenant episode, but until then, I want to talk about memorabilia and it is going back to the film that has swept like all the categories. We're going to boys in the hood. Um, Trey's necklace is so, fucking fire. Um, well, beware to the studio next time and Trey's blue, uh, beetle, uh, drop top beetle. <laughs> Love that. Love that. The bug. Hey, I'll go. Hey, first, before I make my decision, I got to ask what's in the pacifier. I don't think, I think it's just an oral fixation. I think he's just, you. yeah. That's I what I thought just, too, like, yeah. I thought there's something mm -hmm. in the past part because he like offers it to homeboy at one point. Like, you want some of this? I thought, but no. He does like, that? That's weird. When he's on I the mean, stairs. I never noticed that. Okay. PCP? Man, I, cigarettes I, dipped? You can probably dip. You dip stuff in PCP. It could be that. That's a that's a West Coast. That thing pretty gnarly. Yeah. Hey, but so what I am actually to go with, <clears throat> bringing it back to uh, Furious Styles, those uh they're called bowding balls those uh i asked how to pronounce that today doc so hey, thank I'm you actually i have it up on my computer right now of how to pronounce it so that's making <laughs> correct but i actually bought a pair of those when i visited new york years ago probably more than 10 years ago and uh um bought them at, from in chinatown and i i don't know what happened to them. i was telling Amy, but uh but i love those things man and it's about kind of meditation it's about just kind of something to do kind of being mindful um, and I love the scenes that he uses them in because they're kind of particularly tense scenes. And it's like, you can tell he's trying yeah, to- Yeah, when he's on the, way, on the way to yeah. the kill. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, glad I didn't take your item. I love that. I had that wrote down. I, I, I always thought, because I guess because of Blink-182 that they were actually called Benoit Balls. But I, I, that's, I remember that being like a song and thinking that's exactly what those were. Um, as far as my favorite memorabilia that I'd like to own, it would have been Doughboy's 63 Impala. Barnum. Oh yeah, Damn, with cool. the with the switches in it. Good choice. God, I don't think big enough. Cap. I guess I'll just say I was gonna I was gonna say that I couldn't I couldn't name the, it's the pacifier. Say. You were gonna say the pacifier with the no. PCP I wasn't gonna fucking oh. say the pacifier. Um, I guess I'll I'll dip into like uh uh PCP. Right. You have to be <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no i love you I'll, cap i'll dip into doughboy's hat collection and, and wardrobe in general yeah you get a nice detroit fitted for that uh, oh no chicago i'm sorry it's chicago no, it's detroit oh he rocks detroit. Detroit. detroit chicago and he's got that he's got that faded mj beat it shirt yeah he's got the uh uh that shirt from the beginning of the movie that would probably fit me now that striped shirt that he's wearing at the beginning hey another throwback to stand by me Fat kid wearing the striped shirt. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Uh, Doc, this is the type of night, or the time of the night, sorry, the type of night too, where I like to go to the doc and I like to wonder about awards because I have no idea other than Inception is up for something, but I would imagine, you know, if I had to guess, there's no way Boys in the Hood didn't get something for this. Is my right. prediction right, Doc? All right. So you're, yeah, you're pretty close, man. Um, so Boys in the Hood, 91, um, Academy Awards, 92, they had two nominations, 92, man, for uh, Best Director, John Singleton, and with that, he was the youngest director to be nominated for an Academy Award, uh, um, so cool. pretty big, and then also, rest in peace, John Singleton, R.I.P., man, it's crazy, this was his first movie, and this was, you know, he follows it up with, oh, see, that's fucking impressive, yeah, that's man. impressive, so yeah, he follows this movie up with Poetic Justice, then Higher Learning, 
And then he goes on and does like Shaft, Baby Boy, Four Brothers. He does like a Fast and the Furious movie, um, directs some Michael Jackson videos, directs some um, uh, Empire. So again, so he got uh, nominated. He actually lost to Jonathan, is it Demi from uh, Silence of the Lambs? They pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so this year was fuck nuts man 1992 so he also was nominated for best screenplay um it was him that wrote it but didn't win this year movie year i just got to give this a, give this a nod because this is insane 1992 academy awards these are some of the movies that were up for awards this year so i already said silence of the lambs terminator 2 jfk backdraft thelma and louise barton fink uh cape fear the fisher king hook uh, fried Green Tomatoes, Bugsy, Beauty and the Beast. Like, that's like 90s movies to me when I hear that. Hook was nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? And be- <laughs> Wait, so weird. For real? What? Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. It's one of my that's favorites. A, yeah. so Hook was nominated for a couple different things. I can actually. It's one it. of my favorites. Run Hook home, Jack. Come but on. For, but for, See that on a cult classic list. Childhood. Yeah. It was nominated for some some aspect because that, that's I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. So I was looking at the nominees. But hey, Beauty and the Beast was actually in the running for Best Picture, which is kind of crazy. Isn't that funny? I just watched that today, which is kind of a crazy coincidence as well. Oh my god! Beauty and the Beast. Um. All right. So it didn't win for any of those, but it did win uh, top prize at Sundance when it was featured. And at Cannes, which is the first time this movie was ever featured or like uh, uh, unveiled, the Cannes Film Festival, it had a standing ovation for over 20 minutes. Um, And so people here were freaking out. And also Roger Ebert was seen crying at Cannes after this movie. Roger Ebert is a huge fan of Boys in the Hood. I just thought I'd throw that out there. All right. Interesting. Yep. All right, moving on to Inception. Uh, eight nominations, eight Academy Award nominations. It was nominated for uh, Best Motion Picture, um, Best Writing Original Screenplay, um, Best Achievement in Music, Hans Zimmer, uh, Best Achievement in Art Direction, Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Best Achievement in Sound Editing, Best Achievement in Visual Effects. So eight nominations, it actually won four for best cinematography, sound mixing, sound editing, and visual effects. Also, best character, the visual effects. Yeah, best character yeah. one. And sound I'm- characters, like- special effect character. He's got some good characters <laughs> out there. He always uses Leo. He uses his special effect character, and he uses his sound character, and they're all great. And uh, Hans Zimmer, whatever the. Yeah, you know, that is. I mean, he's the man, man. He's, yeah, he's the man. The man. We, 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 all the credits or the, the background. It's that time of the night, folks, where we gotta we gotta vote, we gotta pick our favorite. And I swear to God, I swear to God, dear, this podcast has showed me the obvious. All these quotables, all these scenes, all these characters, every all my my guys showing me the things that I missed, or is like shed light on all the stuff I loved about it. And it really is a great film. And even Savage, uh, you know, coming out in the thread early, he's breaking that that rule of thumb not to do in the future. Um, to say you might not like something. I'm sure I have to go to Savage and I bet he likes it more. But my vote is for Boys in the Hood, folks. It's obvious. I, I, this podcast episode made me love this movie even more. It's really great. Inception, fantastic. I don't need to tell you the reasons why it is. We've explained it. 
Savage, uh, do you like this film more after hearing a bunch of your, your gutties talk about it? Like I said I, before, I never, I never said I didn't like it. It was just that I didn't, I didn't think it was great at the point of time that I was viewing it. Um, I, I, I don't like Inception. I never really liked that movie. I only saw it once. I thought it was confusing for the sake of being confusing. Um, I, and also, I can't get the name right. I've been referring to it as Atonement all week. Um, when when Jess was asking me what uh, what movie we were watching, That's too much. I kept uh, saying which... I kept saying Interstellar, and Amy was like, "We watched." <laughs> <laughs> um, Are we? Hey, spin your topples, boys. Uh, make sure we're still we're still in reality. And, and, and like and like we talked about dreams before, and I've talked about how like when we watched The Sopranos, like I I the the dream sequences, the Tony Soprano dream sequences were always like my least favorite part. I've never really enjoyed oh, dream sequences. Don't take beware there. I I know, I know. I'm just saying that that's just how I am. That's how I. So I I think by default I, my vote is going to be for um for for uh Boys in the Hood. But I I did like Boys in the Hood better than I think I'm getting credit for. Um, I I I think it was um I think it was a good movie. I I, I don't think it was um I mean I you know there's some throwing around training day a little bit um in the thread it, i mean it's it training day is miles worse than this movie and and i would say the boys in the hood is is, is a thousand times better than 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 training day uh which is which i think is fair also i think i want to throw a couple of things in that I, that I wasn't able to say i think dr dre was a better actor um in training day than cube was in uh boys in the hood i just thought that was kind of an interesting thing that i thought um, even though his part wasn't that bit big, but I thought he was a little bit more convincing. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. A horrible call. Fine. Good. Um, and then uh, the other <laughs> thing, too, boys. I just thought Trey was bad in it. Like, I, I thought Trey was the worst. We've learned that Trey. different fair. opinions are good. Fair, fair. Um, also, also, I think it speaks volumes that we that we had a matchup that had Leonardo DiCaprio and we hardly said his name. I think oh, that speaks volumes. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, he he can he could win this matchup if 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 we were talking about Leonardo DiCaprio a bit more. I mean, you know, that's just how it works um, with him. I feel like I mean, the, his character went deep, but ultimately it was kind of like a shallow. Right. I mean, it's just a, fine. He's a good, yeah, he's I a hope we didn't go here. No, this is a vulnerable Leo movie. He's right. vulnerable. He's vulnerable in this. I think Joseph uh, Gordon Levitt's better. I agree. No, that's he's. You're you're probably right. I think they play on each other's level. I think it's really uh, Tom Hardy that steps over them. Is what, what is I want to say important part. Uh, but we've said all this. I want to say one more thing about about um about um Boys in the Hood too. I felt like, and I, I don't know, like I love that you said that Doc said the thing about um about Stand by Me because I I thought that was very apparent. The other one would be. It seemed like it was like a um like a like an opera or like Shakespeare or something like where it was like a retelling. I thought the exact same thing. Great call. Where it just it seems like it's something else, yeah. and this is like a metaphor for like something else, and this is just like kind of like a retelling in like a modern way. So I think that 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 is a good thing. Uh, so 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 my votes for for Boys in the Hood. I'll vote for Boys in the Hood with no explanation quick vote so i'm surprised that uh uh savage didn't bring up that uh kobayashi was in inception yeah yeah you're right i, I like picking up the little the little the people that we've seen in other movies too uh, yeah i guess i, I wish i would have i didn't even have that in my notes but good call pete uh Poslethwaite? is that uh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah peter Poslethwaite. 
Yeah, was the uh, Maurice Fisher, um, the, the, that's uh, a character that appeared in Usual Suspects and was kind of a fan favorite that we spent some time talking about. Um, but I kind of agree with what everybody's saying. I'm not gonna spend too much time, but Inception, it was fun to watch. Um, I do agree that it was kind of overly complicated. I feel like they could have done a little bit more to kind of help the viewer along unless they were purposefully trying to be confusing and disorienting, which is whatever. But it was, a, it was a unique way to tell a story and nobody's ever told a story that way. And it was a fun kind of playground to set up and to kind of, to tell a story. And in. Visually and was, stunning. Visually stunning and the acting was fun. And you know- you Hey had, uh, you know, Doc, we might've been the only people that watched the South Park. Uh, episode but if you watched it uh, i've definitely seen that episode damn your incongruities oh, wait, if those people got stuck in there why wouldn't we it's very simple you see when the dream experts go in they attempt to take the subject to a dream within a dream like a taco within a taco a double deco taco supreme exactly but only dream spies have the ability to go deeper into dream levels, and firemen have the ability to bring ladders into other people's dreams. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. How could you take a ladder into a dream? Oh, this is so complex and trippy and cool. I was watching it thinking it was going to have more, like, meaning to Inception, but it was, like, not like Inception at all, and it was, but it was, like, kind of loosely alluding to it, but then they just had a lot of digs thrown at it too, which I thought was kind of funny. They digged it out. No, they 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 showed its vulnerability. Yeah. And I recommend Has anybody ever seen Don't Don't Be a Menace? Yeah. Okay. I just I just thought of that. It surprised me that that didn't come up at all. So uh, since you mentioned that, let me look this up real quick. So, so this was something I wanted to fact check real quick. But is Doughboy and Ricky's mom, is that a Wayne's? No, I looked that up as we were doing okay. this. I have Tim Wayne's on a Wikipedia tab right it's now. Not like, it's not her. It is. Um, she, she's excellent. Yeah, it's Tyra Farrell. Okay. okay. Tyra Farrell. Please go ahead. Yeah, she, she gets all the flowers. She's excellent. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so like this was a, a movie designed to not have a lot of high-end actors. And, and it, I feel like they pulled it off. They accomplished it. Boys in the Hood, that is. And, you know, I've already kind of uh, uh, I've already said a lot of what I had to say about this movie and, and, and we don't really need to go into too much detail. I, one of the things that I did want to say is that this movie is actually recognized um, by the Library of Congress and it's, uh, it's been entered into the National Film Registry um, at the Library of Congress. So it is forever etched in our culture, our history, um, and recognized as one of the greatest movies kind of of our time. And um, I think that that kind of speaks for itself. Um, and uh, I got to go with Boys in the Hood. Man, maybe I was the only one that was undecided throughout the whole process, but Inception is, it's a beautiful film. If you ask uh, somebody maybe a little younger than yourself, us being all in our mid thirties, uh, you'll see somebody last night be where, you know, and I were with in a studio session said, yeah, Inception is like my favorite, the best movie of all time. And it has that effect and it belongs in that list, but uh, beware, you know, did you ever think Inception might be Boys in the Hood? I guess I would guess not, maybe. Well, I guess, I guess I definitely, it's got way more cachet, you know, and I, like, I guess to two to younger generations or within recent years, IMDb favors it by over a full point. Full point. Um, and, and to me, like I, especially these days, especially when I have less time, I go to the movies to be entertained a lot more often than not, but ultimately at my core, 
That's not why I like movies. I don't like movies and appreciate movies because of the entertainment value. I appreciate them because they, they teach me something or I'm, or it's just so well done and I can really appreciate the value and the creativity and the attention detail put into movies. And I the think same, that, yeah. In the same I, sense, I think that that's why I like movies too. If a movie can make you feel something and like, I was surprised but like Boys in the Hood got me for like the hundredth time. Well, I mean, oh. hey, sweep. A fucking sweep. Wow. It goes to the next round and we'll see how great it is. I've, it's became much more greater um, through this episode right here with uh, my discussions in our three. Do we know, do but, we know um, what Boys in the Hood is going to face or do we not? Savage, Savage is going to look that up Why we go to the hat. Um, hit him with the hat song. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Excuse me. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. The place. Oh, Inception. Right now, it's um, it's right side up. Hold on one second. I am pulling it. It's really boys small. Okay. <laughs> so Boys in the Hood um, goes up against uh, the winner of 12 Monkeys or Jurassic Park. Wow, so, <laughs> wow that's good, actually. That's, that's a really good, good one. I like that a lot. I'm, I'm really I'm happy really... it's not American History X. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I got to say not, this. I'm uh, not looking forward to watching that again. Or um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching the heroin movie. Requiem. Oh, Requiem for a Tree. Hey, well, then we're going to talk about Mulligans. I kind of swore I would Mulligan. never watch that movie again, but I guess I have to. I think uh, I think we still have, we got one Mulligan. Doc is there uh, going to save us with one movie, but right now I actually have one in my hand. I'm going to guess and uh, actually hope, like I swear that this isn't rigged, but I've been wanting to watch Jurassic Park and I feel like that one hasn't came up yet. I have a small one in my hand right now. I can feel it when I pick, <laughs> picked it up. Uh, I think it's left side of the bracket. Um, I'm going to look at it now, folks. It is upside left down. Left side is so exotic. Left side is so exotic. Or no, right side is. Right uh, side. Oh side. boy, I was not right with my prediction, but we were just talking about. I don't even know. I'm just gonna say it. I, I don't got Arl Steins. American History X versus Forrest Gump. Versus <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> now. Are we just going to savage? Oh, you hate Forrest Gump. Are, no, Forrest Gump no, is, I don't hate Forrest Gump. I hate this matchup. I fucking, I, I don't want to watch American History yeah. Well, there's only one hope for us, and that is the doc. But then you're going to have to watch Requiem for a Dream. So <laughs> either way, these movies, hey, Requiem for a Dream, fuck this up, though. I think maybe we, the most savage think, scene, maybe the most savage scene in any movie Oh, is, yeah. uh American History X. Oh yeah. Let's just talk about it now, so we don't have to talk about it in two <laughs> weeks. As much as I want to uh, not watch American History X, I think it'll actually be good for yeah. us. Yeah. Edward it'll Norton man had a I big part to do it. A big, big, big part of that movie. He wanted to make sure it was portrayed the right way, and it's it's fucking great. I couldn't it's believe how how um, big he got for that movie. He's jacked. 
That swastika is just bald. Savage. Hey, hold on a second. Coming up. Only when he covers it up in the mirror is it Best Buy. When he covers up the swastika. Worst bod. Worst bod. Worst bod. Mike, did you have the poster for this movie in your room? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Might have been one of them. I had a... I had a bunch of movie posters. I really liked that movie. I remember. I remember. I probably did. I probably did. Hey, but ladies and gentlemen, nobody spoke the magic word because there's only one person I can speak it, and that's the doc. Uh, we're going to watch American History X and Forrest Gump. And shout out to fucking Forrest Gump on the intro to the Beware music that I'm going to play right now. We'll see you next week. I'm excited to watch Forrest Gump. I haven't seen that movie in fucking forever. Our scope's great movie. I can't help it. I love you. Forrest, you don't know what love is. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and debate. You're a bald-faced liar. A fucking liar. I mean, God forbid they should make a mistake and forget to steal. I will not apologize for what I want. Stop trying to control everything and just let go. I drink it up. Don't blame me. You like Huey Lewis on the news? They're okay. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. Hold on to your butts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread Podcast, bringing our content to you, featuring all it is. It's official, old buddy. Well, it has been. Beware. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez. The Doc. You're the Doc, Doc. The Cat. Oh, if, if, you, if, you, if you already know the answer to your questions, then why ask? Big fuck. And myself, Savage. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of them.